Hello and welcome to Ascend Higher, the podcast of True Freedom Trust. My name's Stuart Parker and I'm the director of this UK-based charity. We hold to the historic Christian understanding of what the Bible teaches about sex and relationships, and we offer teaching, pastoral support groups and conferences. This podcast is connected to our quarterly Ascend magazine, which includes a range of articles, reviews and personal stories, all dealing with what it's like to be a Christian attracted to others of the same sex. For the summer edition of Ascend, Catherine tells Ruth her story of being set free by God. Like many people in TFT, Catherine does continue to experience same-sex feelings, but she is no longer controlled by them. Everyone's story is different, but Catherine's testimony of God giving her freedom is really inspiring. Let's listen in. Hi Catherine, it's really nice to see you. Thank you for joining me. Hello. Um, Hello. Hello. Um, We've asked you to give your story today because um, you've written something really wonderful for our Next Ascend magazine for our summer edition and um, you've entitled it Uncaged. So um, it tells your story, there's a pivotal moment in it which we will come to so that's a bit of a um, something that our listeners can look forward to. Um, So I thought I'd put that in at the beginning. but so you you start off with this story about a, a budgie that you found, which um, is really funny for some for two different reasons. Um, first of all, because you think it's a um, a male budgie and ends up being a female, um, so you call it Wally, which I I really like, and I'm going to connect that to something that you've you taught you tell me about um, in your childhood. Um, but also it's sort of a symbol of this, um, of, the, of your title on Cage. So can you tell me a bit about that, um, why you've entitled your story Uncaged? Uh, yeah, well, the, the story with Wally the Budgie is that he just keeps flying back to her cage. Um, even <laughs> if he gave her freedom, we used to keep the cage door open because I didn't, I didn't like keeping birds in a cage at all. Uh, so we kept the cage door open and she could fly around the, the room, but she always went back to her cage. Um, and it just struck me um, that it's like me and a lot of Christians that you know, God sets us free from a lot of things when we become Christians. But sometimes we choose to keep going back to things that are not necessarily good for us. And that was how I felt as a Christian. I, I became a Christian very young when I was only 12. And um, I did feel that I, I had a, a nearly, well, not a lifetime, but you know, most of my life just spent going back to, to old habits. And um, I didn't feel completely free. So I thought Wally was a good illustration in many ways of my life. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so what sort of child were you? Um, you know, can you tell us a bit about your childhood? Um, yes, so I, my family was a bit confusing, really. I mean, it, it's quite normal for nowadays, but when I, I was born in uh, the end of the 60s, and uh, I, my mum married three times, so I had a lot of half and step brothers and sisters. I lived with two of them. 
Um, so all through my school life, I was having to explain why my sisters had different surnames. And then my mum had a different surname again, mm. uh, which nowadays is quite normal. But in those days, it was, it was quite unusual. Um, and I was from the, my mum's second marriage. Um, we had we were homeless for uh, when I was first born. So we, we were living with different um, family members um, for quite a long time, lived with an auntie. My mum's sister, a lovely auntie. Um, so I'd say it's quite an unsettled start. Um, then I lost my dad. My dad died when I was just five. Um, so I, I don't. I mean, we don't know how much it affects us. But I, I just, I don't know if this is why. But I was very confused about whether I was a girl or a boy. And even from when I was tiny, um, my mum and dad called me a girl boy because I, I just didn't fit into the uh, typical stereotypes of, of what a girl should be. <laughs> Although there's something <laughs> about that. Um, so all my family called me a girl boy. Um, also, to add to that, I couldn't say my name, Catherine. Um, mm. So I called myself Kagi, um, which isn't a very feminine name, but that stuck from when I was tiny, even to when I was an adult, when I was a young adult. Wow. Everybody I knew called me Kagi or Kag, which actually look up the word Kag in the dictionary. It means something like decaying matter or something. It's not very. So, uh, so just my, I think my identity was quite confused, really. I honestly thought I was going to be a man when I grew up. Um, it, I can't remember when, but I remember at some point my mum explaining to me that I'm I'm not a boy and that I'm going to grow up to be like her, which I was quite disappointed with. But the whole time I was living in this fantasy world in my head from when I was very, very young of being a man and uh, mm. just imagine what I would be like when I grew up. And I, I often had these fantasies of being like a hero in this, you know, like in a, a, a film, you know, of, of looking rescuing the, the heroine. So I don't know whether that's anything to do with just being needing to escape. I don't, I don't know why, but everything was quite unsettled and confusing. But I, I remember being quite happy about it. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember yeah. being happy until I got older, really. So it was when that's interesting. So you would. I think the analogy of the budgie was the fact that you um, you were a, a girl, but you really identified more as a boy, a tomboy. So you did those sort of stereotypical tomboy things. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you you talked about you were you think you were escaping from something, and can you identify what it was, or was it just? Um, and lots of children do this, don't they? They have imaginary friends or imaginary um, ideas of, of what they're going to do or be. So it doesn't sound uncommon. No, and I don't. And I think many adults still, we mm. still do, right? Into <laughs> You've been living in an ulterior um, universe. But um, no, I, I don't know if it was this I don't know to be honest mm -hmm. I just look back and I wonder why it was it was such a big thing in my life too I, I just went all through my teens as well uh, just in this fantasy world um so it could have been that yeah maybe just 
wanted to be something I wasn't. Um, And I think when you start in your teenage years, um, did those fantasies change from thinking about you being a man to being, I think you said that gradually as you became an adult, those fantasies became more about women and you had crushes on um, girls maybe at school or who, I mean, what, how did they change? Yeah, and I think as as I changed and developed, um, I think the fantasies changed with me. So as I went through adolescence, um, I remember having a lot of romantic fantasies about, um, again, I suppose being a hero again, you know, and just always as a, as a man. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, yeah, it became romantic. Uh, so it, I'd, if I had a crush on a teacher, um, I would just imagine being the hero for the teacher. And it was quite yeah. innocent in those days. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I'd say romantic as a teenager I then I, I did get married very young and um mm. and I remember just as a young woman I remember they started to become my in my head um became a little bit more sinister um and I remember right. I remember the day actually having suddenly having a, a sexual thought about another woman and it was a bit alarming and I did wonder then if there was something wrong with me because up until then i I was never worried. Uh, my mum, I don't know why, my mum always used to say to me, it's very natural to have crushes on other women mm. and girls when you're a teenager. She kept saying it. I, maybe she suspected there was something not quite right with me. But she often said that, to, and to my sisters as well. She said, don't worry, you know, it's, it's very normal. So I never worried. Um, and I met Richard, I knew Richard from when my husband when I was very young. We were, we were friends for years. And then we started dating when I was 17 and married at 19. Mm. So I was still a teenager, you know, still in this, this sort of adolescence stage, really. Um, and then it was just after a few years of being married, I remember um, just feeling that, my, I guess, as I became sexualized, you know, that, that my, my feelings towards women became more sexualized. And I did start to get a little bit alarmed that maybe there's something mm. a bit more wrong with me and that it could yeah. be a problem. So when you became a Christian, how did that change your outlook on your desires? Um, did that make a huge difference? Well, again, I became a Christian very young. Um, mm. I did everything quite early. I became a Christian when I was just 12. Um, so, yeah, right in the middle of my teens. So, again, in, in, you know, in that stage where things weren't a particular worry for me. Um so how would it change? I don't think in that respect I changed. Uh, I, I think there were other things that changed in me. A lot of yeah. other things needed changing in me, but not in that. That mm-hmm. I didn't see that as a big problem or sin or anything. Yeah. That- Did you tell? It's interesting that your mum said um, that having fantasies about girls was you know, don't worry about it. Did you ever tell her? So how did she, was that just something she said out of the blue? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I did <clears throat> use Harry. I think she's, she's found something out about me. I did, yeah. cut, <laughs> I did cut out a, a page three girl. <laughs> and, um, I had and I used to think she's found it. She must have found it. But I don't okay. know. She did it to all my sisters. I think she was yeah. just she was open with us about sexual things and, 
and I think she was just trying to you know cover us making sure that we're, we're not full of guilt or worry yeah, yeah I don't that know sounds really good parenting doesn't it yeah 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 it is. yeah yeah um so we'll talk about your marriage later on if that's okay um and you've been married now for 33 years um but when when readers will read your story they will recognize that in I mean you're approaching 50 so we have jumped quite a bit here um to 2019 and you talk about um this build-up that you felt um in in sort of this lack of congruence between your inner and outer life can you talk about that a bit more and how you you talk about the shame perhaps and maybe that's too strong a word of having these feelings towards women and perhaps still fantasizing um, and yet being a leader with your husband. Um, so how, how did that make you feel? So uh, most of my Christian life uh, was spent feeling that my inner life didn't match mm. my outer life. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really understand what it meant in the bible to be free you know the, the bible talks a lot about freedom you, you, you know you've to be truly free yeah. and i i i'm not truly free mm. and i could see i was in some ways you know i had the freedom of knowing i was forgiven mm. and that god's merciful and gracious to me and the promise of eternal life in that mm. sense i felt free um but I knew there were things that had a, had a hold on me. I'd got to the point where um, there were a lot of times where I had no control over my, my mind at all. Right. And it had affected relationships um, that mm. I had with, with friends. So, I mean, think, we go back, should we go back a bit? <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be good for you to describe, you know, because this, yeah. this, people can really relate to this, I'm sure. I just wondered how they manifested, you know, did you just daydream or how, how did that work out in your everyday life? Well, things became really um, frightening for me when um, I, w I started work and I, I fell in love with a, a female colleague, right. uh, really fell in love with her to the point where, you know, I, I would have, I think I would have given up everything for her. <laughs> and I realised there, there was a huge problem um and at that point I had no control over my mind at all mm. um, and I remember sitting in church one evening and I was trying to concentrate on the sermon and I could not follow it I could not get my head back to the sermon I just kept going off into fantasy well I thought I've got a real problem here this is something really worrying um, so after the service they always offered a prayer healing prayer mm. so that was the first time I ever told anybody that I had a problem in this area I, I was only I guess I was in my early 20s yes. mid 20 maybe and um, I spoke to a lady and I, I told her that, that you know I have this these attractions and that I've got a real problem with a colleague and she was just beautiful for me she was so lovely she, <laughs> she said well you need to come back to my house and um and she just spent years with me, oh. with with me for years. So I obviously had to tell Richard at this point. Yeah, you know, I told somebody. Yeah. So that night I went, or maybe the next morning, I went home and 
told Richard, I said that I have, I've got a real problem here. And um, he was just lovely, just mm. really gracious, always has been. Yeah. He said to me, actually, that the thing that really touched me was um, he wrote me a little note, said, I want to be your, your Simon of Cyrene and help to carry your cross. And he has, he's, he has walked with me the whole time. So I just had years of, of counselling and um, also um, our church was really good at just supporting people with relationship issues. So I had a lot of prayer. I mean, something that was really significant for me, I was talking earlier about um, being called Kaki. The, the reason yeah. I've made that is because uh, part of my counselling was to just reclaim the name Catherine, mm. which means pure. Mm. Um, and that, that was something I prayed through in counselling. Um, I just want to have that as my name because names yeah. are important, aren't they? I think they are. I, I really because mine means friendly. Ah, so even when I'm not feeling that friendly, I think, oh well, come on, Ruth, your name's Ruth. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I think it's really important, isn't it? I mean, it's part. That's a huge thing for you, especially yes. as you were nicknamed when you were younger. And I mean, what a beautiful name, pure. Yes. That's right, because I I didn't particularly like it as a child because I wanted to have a boy's name. But yeah, I, I thought that what a beautiful name to, to have, mm. the name Pure. So I, I told everybody that I had to be called Catherine <laughs> a long time. And sometimes even now I meet someone I haven't met for years from the past and they still call me Kagi. And, and mm. I say, well, my name's Catherine now. <laughs> you have to call me oh. Catherine. So that so, was really... Yeah, um, did you ever... So as an adult, did you ever see yourself as a man or did that was that a progression from teaching yourself and talking to yourself and getting counselling? That, that was part of my counselling. And yeah. uh, so I went I went on a, a course at the church yeah. of sexuality. Right. Uh, part of that, uh, God was really challenging me about about the way I was feeling about as a man. And yeah. and I remember I had a dream one night as a man and I did wake up thinking I've had enough of this yeah. I want to be Catherine I want I want to be who God made me to be and I prayed with um somebody from the church and I just carried on because I've got a very vivid imagination which is kind of right. unhelpful unhelpful in some ways yeah. if it if it could be redeemed and used in good ways yeah <laughs> They'd be terrible. So I've got this very vivid imagination. So I just carried on the dream in my imagination, and mm. I just killed the man. <laughs> just <laughs> literally in my in my dream, I put a knife through his heart, and I said, "That's right. it. I don't want him anymore." And that was it. Um, wow. I became really content as as a woman. I still am. Um, I've never ever had any feelings about wanted to be a man again since it, um yeah That's but wonderful. the bad side of that is then it kind of makes things difficult as a woman who's same-sex attracted the fantasies mm. become a bit more dangerous and a bit yeah. more real. um they're not just a fantasy anymore and I think that's where I got I got um to you know to uh in a danger zone um yeah. So this lady, this lady at work that you're attracted to, how did you work that through? You didn't, I'm presuming you didn't tell her. No. No, uh, so did, did that fade or did you take deliberate measures to 
sort of extricate yourself out of it? How did you work that through? He moved away. Right, okay. It just made a natural end. And then I made the decision that there'd be no more contact after that. Yeah. But it wasn't really me. I didn't do anything very good, really. I just, it just happened. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. I'm wondering whether that has happened um, subsequent to that and how you've dealt with it. Has that been a, an issue for you as you've, you've continued to be married and, you know, has that happened again or um, have you been able to manage those feelings? It's, it's been an ongoing problem. Um, okay. I've, I did think I was over it all. Um, the, you know, the, the, the counselling and, and the, the course I went on, I felt really whole and I felt changed, really deeply changed. Uh, then we had to move because... Oh husband's job we've moved a few times mm. and I wasn't I didn't have my guard up I, I wasn't aware mm. that I, it was still a problem and yeah. um, it happened again um, so I know now <laughs> that uh, I have to be careful who I who I get close to so mm. I learned that I have to have somebody that I'm always accountable to and yeah you know my first situation I had that lovely lady counsellor uh, so I brought somebody out again and I, I told her what the problem is and mm. the problem again um, and she walked through me and again the person moved away so wow. <laughs> um, so yeah I've, I've just had to learn as, as a I mean either married or single in this situation yeah. really want to want to walk closely with God I think it's so important you just have someone and I don't think it can be your husband if you're married oh, yeah. your husband's too close yeah to duration um I've always had since then I've always had someone that I can talk to and they can check on me I think yeah. that's really because if you just wait until you feel like telling somebody it's not going to happen um yeah. often won't happen uh, if you have somebody that will just every now and then just say how are you doing how's it going and just meet up sometimes for prayer and and for checkup I think that's so important and that's probably saved my marriage and, and my life in some ways just always having a, a, a wise godly woman and I think it's really healing as well to have those kind of relationships with other mature women yeah, that it's, that's so lovely yeah yeah really yeah. really lovely to hear um, and very sensible to be vigilant and have your boundaries. Um, so this pivotal moment, we need to talk about this because it's very dramatic. Um, so you and your husband were at New Wine, um, which is a Christian conference. Um, and tell us about what happened because you were changed radically after this. Um, you had a, an amazing encounter with the Holy Spirit. Can you can you talk us through that? Um, it's really exciting. Yeah, this was <laughs> before lockdown because um, we had our last new wine. The new wine's mm. a big Christian summer festival we go to every year. Wow. Uh, our last one before lockdown happened in 2019. So I was mm. just about 10.50. Um, again, I, and I guess God stirs this up in me, I just had this point where I was so sick of being controlled by my thought life mm. like my whole life just having bad patches where mm. um, I, I 
it's a feeling of drowning almost you feel like you just can't get air and then you come up for air and you come back again to God and you have a bit of a good time and then you're back down again pulled back down again and it wasn't right as I said earlier you know it wasn't a sense of freedom that I read about in the Bible and I always used to think of that the verse about I will not be mastered by anything I thought well I am I'm mastered by this I am not in control of it and so it was again it was a feeling of I've had enough of this and so I made up my mind that um I was going to go for prayer at New Wine they they offer healing prayer I had I've still got it I had the little um, card with the details of the times when the healing prayer is open and where I had to go it was in my pocket ready to go still remind me about this (laughs) Um, and but in the morning we had a, a joint meeting. I was with, with my husband at the joint mm. meeting. It was about something completely different. Yeah, and I remember what the the meeting was about. But we, Richard and I, went up the front in response to whatever that the talk was. Right, it was kind of cool to going deeper with God. And I said to Richard, "Come, let, let's do it." And then I was going to go off for prayer after, after in the afternoon. Um, so we went up to the front and a lady ran towards us Hmm. we didn't know her and um she just started to to talk some words from god uh, about our situation we'd we'd had quite a hurtful difficult situation in in our church with um some people and she started to well she's prophesying into that she was saying you know you've had this and you've been hurt i don't remember the exact words um, but I suddenly realised that she was speaking from God. And so I was really uh, attentive. And then she noticed my name badge and she saw the name Catherine on it. And she said, my daughter's name is Catherine and it means pure. And God wants mm. to tell you today that he sees you as, as his pure daughter. And I screamed and screamed and screamed. <laughs> I've never, ever done anything like that before or since. And I'm always a bit wary of people when they scream mm. in things because it's quite frightening for people. Uh, it's just not like me. And I still don't know exactly what happened, but it felt great. It, it just felt wonderful. And I couldn't stand. It was just a sense of God was so close that I couldn't stand up. So I got down on the floor and um, and uh, my lovely, so I've got a lovely friend where we live now who is my you know I was talking about having a, a mentor or you know a, a, an accountability partner she was there she's always there my most important friends. she was there she came along as well and and helped me and I ended up in a kind of of a position of giving birth mm. um and I was, remember taking really deep breaths um in and out in and out like I was giving birth mm. And I remember thinking, I, I don't know what God is doing, but I know he's good and I know I can trust him. Mm. So whatever you're doing, God, do more. Um, and I just kept taking deep breaths in thinking, I just want more. I just want more. Um, and then I had a lot of people praying for me. And a lady came up and whispered very quietly in my ear. She said, um, God is it, doing a new thing in you. This is like a new birth. You're giving birth to something new. Mm. And I knew that was right. I thought, yeah, this is how it feels. I feel like something new is happening. Um, and then I couldn't walk. For, I don't know how long, maybe an hour. And I was still in the next meeting. They were all, they were all left. Everybody <laughs> left the next meeting. I ended up in a meeting. I don't even know what it was. 
<laughs> but I couldn't walk, so I just had to be be carried off to a chair. Um, and then eventually the, the, I was able to stand up. I didn't know what had happened, but mm -hmm. I knew it was something huge because um, I've never had an experience like, like that before. And for, uh, for a while, you know, I, I, still, I, did, I didn't know, for a couple of months, um, I had no fantasies, not even an attraction or anything. And I thought, oh, no, God's taken away my sexuality completely. It was like <laughs> a lobotomy or something. I wasn't sure if I wanted that. But it, it, there was just nothing at all for a couple of months. And then slowly I started to have little feelings again um, towards women. But I didn't want to fantasize anymore. And I was able to say, no, I don't want this. I nipped it in the bud quickly. And now looking back, I think maybe because you can actually set up patterns in your mind, can't you? I know yeah. if people are learning a musical instrument, yeah. they actually see physical patterns are set up in somebody's brain where they repeat yeah. something over and over and over and I'm just wondering if God just gave me a couple of months of just healing those patterns that I'd set up because we're talking about from when I was probably two or three years old or maybe not that young four or five years old I've been in a fantasy world and I must have set up some neural pathways in my brain um which I think you know it it actually damaged something in my head you know my mental health as well and I think maybe for those couple of months, God was just healing all that and restoring it all. And um, so I'm, I'm not saying that everything has gone. Uh, I still have attractions towards women, um, but I'm not controlled by them. My thought life is pretty good. Not perfect, but pretty good. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but <laughs> I'm definitely not like it, it was before I'm so much more engaged in real life now and I feel so free um mm -hmm. I suddenly know now what freedom means mm -hmm. um so I feel that I could genuinely share the gospel now with people and really believe it you know I can say to someone you know that God will set you set you free and I do now I, I share the gospel fully for like, completely full of faith that he could do the same for other people. So it's, it's just changed everything. I can look people in the eye now. I don't feel that I'm hiding anything. Um, I'm so much happier, so much happier. It's incredible, incredible how God intervened. Um, yeah. Also, you said you still, but you still have to be vigilant. So you, you're actually not saying that um, you can put aside your thought life and, and, you know, let it run free because um, it seems that you have a control over that because, and a confidence that actually God has changed your thinking. But also it sounds like the enemy still can come in and tempt you. Um, and that, that means that you are aware that you still need to be careful about yeah. what yeah yeah so it's, I not instantaneous, isn't it? it's not an instantaneous um for the rest of your life incident that um means that you're still you know you're still aware that that is perhaps still an area that the enemy can get get at you yeah and actually since that happened I, I've 
I've had um, some really difficult situations to deal with, really difficult, mm. um, but I'm that much stronger. But yeah, always aware of my weakness, always. Or always drawing upon other people's support um, and totally vigilant. Um, no, I, I know I'm, I'm completely vulnerable, um, but no, I, I've met something that uh, um, struck me the other week was that something in our book club um, refers to these kind of fantasies as intrusive thoughts. Mm. I'd never thought of that before, and I, you, I've only ever associated intrusive thoughts with like mental health problems like OCD mm. or something I thought well actually yeah. I think it was a mental health problem mm. um and I think God has has just healed that but yeah like you're saying still uh, I still have the attractions and and the propensity to to sin and 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 I could go down that rabbit hole again I don't want to anymore I I have such a a beautiful relationship with Jesus I would, I would um so through all this you've been married to Richard um so you say that you're generally attracted to women but you love Richard particularly um you committed your life to him um can you can you see your same-sex attraction so obviously he didn't know at the beginning when he married you because you weren't really aware that it was going to be a huge issue for you. Um, when you, you said to us before that when you told him he was so supportive, I mean, that's a really beautiful thing. Um, and I know, because I, I know you both, that um, he has remained so, and you're really, really close in your relationship. Um, how, how do you feel that you've changed, or have you, in, in the area of same-sex attraction? And if somebody is listening to this who who is same-sex attracted and thinks I'd really love to get married you know they're maybe exploring it or that's their desire um have you learned anything in your marriage that you could share with us um I'm sure you've learned lots of things but you know about your same-sex attraction in particular yeah well I'm, I'm not a very good example because <laughs> married before I faced these issues um and didn't tell uh, my husband, uh, you should all. Oh, I would always say to tell a potential partner, um, if they're going to be serious, a serious, yeah. relationship, always tell them before you get get too deep, especially before you marry, um, because it's huge. It's it's not just well for me. It's not just something that I could just put to the side and then concentrate on marriage. It affects everything. It affects all my friendships, relationships, my relationship with my husband. Um, you must tell them before and if you think that they could be a potential husband um and yet yes I did fancy him but so that's going to be the thing everyone's going to want to know Bonus. <laughs> do, have, do have to have sexual feelings for the other person I'm sure you do I can't yeah. see it working very well if you're not sexually attracted to them he's been my one my one love my one attraction to my one man attraction um and be, you've got to have an open relationship as in uh, your communication must be yeah. open so I, whereas you know I'm saying that I do draw upon other wise women as my accountability I still tell Richard um, I don't tell him every single attraction I have and I don't want him to tell me <laughs> <laughs> um, 
if there is a danger, if I'm in a, a relationship where I'm, I'm feeling that there's a real danger or if I've got to go counselling or some sport, I always tell him. Mm. And um, I don't tell him every detail of my feelings and fantasies, but um, I just tell him, you know, I'm really struggling with this person and I need to put some boundaries in or, you know, whatever decision I have to make about that. Um, and I, yeah, I've had to, I've had to tell him. So I'd say, yeah, good, good communication is vital. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you, you also care, I think you came to TFT. It was quite a few years ago, wasn't it? But in, in lockdown in particular, you became um, more committed to, well, being able to attend meetings as they were on Zoom, um, online. Uh, so what initially made you go and how did you find out about TFT? And how has that changed over the years? Because you are a, you're now a voluntary worker for TFT. So you help um, married women and, and women in particular. Um, and you also led worship at, at our women's conference in February. So it's been amazing to see you um, since lockdown, I think, be become more aware of your giftings and um have definitely use them with with the women and also to bless the the conference um and you're also you you joined in worship um at our national conference too so so can you tell us a bit about your sort of journey towards um committing to tft Yes, so I became a member years and years ago uh, when I had this counselling very early on. So again, in my early 20s, mid 20s, um, and it was just at a distance. So I uh, always got the newsletter and, you know, had that kind of contact. Um, I don't think there were conferences then, were there, Rafe? I don't remember um, there being, or the national, yeah, the annual conference. There were, na there were national conferences, but we just had one woman who sat on the back row. So now, now we've got, and what an amazing woman she is, because she still is, yeah. Um, but we now have 40, 30 or 40 you come to. So it's grown a lot, the women's work. Yeah, I did, I've forgotten that I did go to a group for a while. Um, there was a Barnabas group. Um, and I was, yeah, I was the only woman. That one woman came once and never again. Right. I was the only woman for the whole time, but then we moved. I'd forgotten that. I did go to Barnabas Group um, in Eastbourne for a little while. Um, yeah, so quite a distance apart from that. Uh, and then I took my lovely Jill. I need to give a shout out to Jill, my lovely Jill, who's there for me. She, I asked her to come with me. You started to have conferences, TFT conferences in London. So I knew Sorry. I could do it but I did not have the courage to go so this is no. only the last 10 years isn't it no, that right. yeah um, and so Jill went with me for a few times I was so scared it almost felt like coming out you know you, you it's right. suddenly, uh, it suddenly uh, uh, making yourself public but yeah. but um it was a huge thing for me to go at all and she came with me a few times it, it was lovely um, but I, I just kind of, because I was with her, I kind of just uh, went out for lunch with her, didn't really talk to people, just went, went in and out. And then lockdown happened, which, of course, was just after my amazing experience. Uh -huh. at 
everything went online and I thought well I can do that I can sit in in my house and just be on a screen and so uh, it just changed everything I mean we went into small groups didn't we? I was in your group Ruth, oh, I think we the first right. one. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, we, it just gave me conversations with other women I thought well, there's other women like me it was um. just incredible to actually talk to other people who yeah. felt the same way as me and so uh, it just it really grew my confidence and then you of course have changed everything because you have just drawn me in you've got me into a book club and yeah just constantly you can see your 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 brain whirring thinking <laughs> what can I this woman to do and just draw me in beautifully you've been gentle but you know you've you've done it it just perfectly you've used my gifts and um so uh then I suppose I can't remember when I'm the first one was, but first face-to-face conference, I went, I went on my own because um, I knew some people by now. I'd met some people online. And uh, yeah, you've got me to lead some groups, to lead worship. And I just loved it. And I, I had I was remember telling a friend about it. She said, Oh, you found your tribe. I said, Yeah, that's exactly it. I found my tribe. People like-minded so that I could be completely open with. So um, online and face to face now I'm I'm fully involved loving it and I really look back at that time at New Wine of that giving birth I think this was a huge part of that I think that yeah. was start of of me of a new ministry yeah. it just opened up so many new things for me and I love it and Richard started to get involved as well nice. which is yeah. uh, it's wonderful yeah. um so to to draw this to a close um, for others who who struggle with their thought life, what would you say to them? Yes, I've been thinking about this a lot and thinking, what would I have liked somebody to send to me at the time? Because it took me years. I was I was 50 yeah. before I changed. Uh, I think there's two major things, a practical thing and a spiritual thing to, right. to hold on to. Somebody said to me uh, years ago that it's it's like you have a dove and a crow inside you. Right. Um, feed the dove and starve the crow. So I think practically you really want to just think about what you feed your mind with. Um, for a while, I didn't even watch a 15 film. Um, mm. I do more now just because I've got adult children and I wouldn't ever watch films with them <laughs> if I didn't. Uh, so I'm, a little, I'm just still very careful though, very careful. So just think about all the time what you watch on TV, what books you read, and that's that starving the crow. But also on the positive side, you know, feed your spirit with with good things. The Bible, reading, prayer, wow. hobbies. You know, get, get good healthy hobby and fill your head with some good knowledge about. <laughs> so that's a practical thing. And also, as I've said, get support. Always have someone, at least one person that you can be open with and don't let it just be someone you run to in an emergency. It should be ongoing, ongoing support, always have somebody. And in spiritually, um, I just say, don't hide from God. Um, I used to have so many times where I felt so guilty. I would just withdraw from him and then the problem got worse. Mm -hmm. Um, And gradually I learned uh, that actually he's a lot more merciful than than I think. He's a lot kinder than I realised. And he is merciful. And so I just used to spend a lot of my time saying, God, have mercy. God, have mercy. God, have mercy. And it was so much healthier to do that than to hide away from him. He understands why. You know, I was talking earlier about intrusive thoughts. 
if this was something linked to, you know, if it was OCD or something, I wouldn't expect God to tell me off and, and condemn me for those thoughts. And I think he understood why I was like that. He would have understood what, what caused me to have these, these thoughts. So be gentle to yourself as well. You know, God is gentle with you. I love Psalm, Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And that is what he does, isn't he? His goodness and mercy, just following us all the time. And he will change you. If you're walking with God, he will change it. It won't look the same as me. Uh, it will be different for everyone. But that, that is the promise, isn't it? My favourite verse in the Bible is, is 2 Corinthians 4.16. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And he will renew you day by day. It doesn't matter what that looks like. It might be a sudden thing, big thing, or it could just be gently every day. If you're walking with him, he will do things in you and change you. So don't give up. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Ray. Thanks to Catherine and Ruth for recording this podcast. On our website at truefreedomtrust.co.uk, you can find further testimonies, articles and reviews, and you can sign up to receive our Ascend magazine. You've been listening to the Ascend Higher podcast. Thanks for listening and bye for now.